Welcome to the Heal Your Life Talk radio show. I am Victoria Johnson from victoriajohnson.org, your host and Heal Your Life workshop teacher trainer and Heal Your Life coach trainer in Canada. I am the author of the best-selling book, Do That and Then Some, Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough, based on the teachings of Louise Hay, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and many more great teachers, authors, and thought leaders. Tune in for tips on how to heal your life now with power statements, affirmations, visualizations, reflection time, and real-life stories with real-life people who have overcome adversity. Learn to transform your thoughts and words. Learn to love yourself even more based on the techniques of Louise Hay and You Can Heal Your Life. We will be ending today's Heal Your Life Talk radio show with specific power statements, affirmations, and treatments to help you heal your life based on what we have talked about on the show. So stay tuned to change your thoughts and heal your life even more. As Louise Hay often said, the point of power is in the present moment. So let's get started. Today's guest is Sharon Newlett from SharonNewlett.com. That is S-H-A-R-O-N-N-O-U-L-L-E-T-T.com. She is the owner of Heart and Soul Connection. She is married, the mother of three grown boys and grandma to five. And Sharon left the corporate world, oh, I think it was back in 2014 or so. I'm just feeling like she was stressed and wanted to take some early retirement, only to find out that stress comes in all forms. So I'm excited to talk to her about how she's overcome that. She is also a young living representative, and she found that to be life-changing, ditching all the harmful chemicals in her house and in her life and replacing them with the young living oils. In 2017 and 2018, she trained to be a Heal Your Life teacher and coach, as well as a teen self-empowerment play shop leader, and she is absolutely passionate about working with teens. So welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you, Victoria. I am very, very happy to be here today. Oh, thank you. Well, I am excited to talk to you about how you have overcome the stress in your life and just, you know, wherever else this conversation goes, because I know that you've had a very exciting weekend teaching a Heal Your Life workshop and lots of different insights as well. So let's start with how you have found that the stress followed you when you left your corporate job. You know that saying, wherever you go, there you are. I have a feeling that's what happened with you, right? Isn't that the truth? Yes. Back five years ago, my husband and I decided, uh, we sat down and had a long chat because when you decide on early retirement, you're deciding to change your life and changing your life for us, we thought would be um, having to live on less. But with my health, all the things that were going on because of the stress from my corporate world, we decided to do that. Well, lo and behold, the stress just doesn't go away just because you live in a corporate world. The stress is always there in your life. And it took two years, well, not maybe about a year for me to figure that out. And the way I figured it out, I feel, was when a book was handed to me and it was given to me by my cousin, Sunny, and it was uh, uh, one from Louise Hay. So was that You Can Heal Your Life? Yes, it was. Oh, (laughs) lovely. The book, just resonated with me. I opened it up and actually in the beginning of it, there's, you can do a little bit of a work, like a a workbook part of it. And that's what I did. And I started to discover all the stuff about me and how the stress was affecting my body and how my thoughts were actually 
affecting my body. And that's when I decided to try starting to put some of this into practice. But what happened in my life was I felt two years ago, I pretty well hit my rock bottom. Some of my really bad habits in life were affecting my health. They were affecting my life. My thoughts were definitely still affecting my life. And I was sitting, I remember crying, wondering what to do. There's got to be an answer somewhere. And it came to me, well, that Louise Hay book. So I actually got on and Googled it. And here, for the first time in Canada, a Heal Your Life workshop, week-long workshop was being offered. And when I looked further, here was this woman in Grand Prairie, and it was a Grand Prairie number, Victoria Johnson. So I picked up the phone immediately. And I just remember Victoria saying to me right off the bat, this must be divine timing. Because it was not only it was a, the last day to get the really good price on the workshop, because the workshop to me is priceless. I immediately signed up without talking to my husband or anybody in my family. Yeah, it's been absolutely life changing since. I am so happy to hear that. And we were, of course, so happy to have you at that training. And one of the things that I love to talk to guests about is overcoming adversity. And I've noticed in my Heal Your Life work, as well as on this podcast, that for so many people, things go back to childhood and to messages that we learned in childhood things that we began to demand of ourselves, even as young adults, and then as wives, husbands, mothers, brothers, sisters, all of these negative beliefs or these perceived expectations that we had put on ourselves, which cause us to get into that place of rock bottom. And I know that you and I have shared that we have similar feelings about abandonment and, you know, we're both real caregivers and we make sure that we take care of everyone in our circle. And that does take its toll as well when we are not caring for ourselves. So can you tell me how you've learned to care for yourself and how to take care of that inner child and anything that you want to share about that? Well, what I discovered in this um, training that we took and and just throughout once you start applying some of the, the things that you learn is I didn't realize as a small child, I had lost my parents at the age of seven and went to live in with my aunt and uncle, which was an amazing thing, my aunt and uncle taking us five kids in. But what I didn't realize until I took this training that I had, and they didn't, I mean, everybody does the best they can as much as they can in life. But what happened was my thoughts became of unworthiness, of I'm going to be abandoned again if I don't do live a certain way, if I don't live up to their expectations. Um, I'm not worthy to come out of the basement. They, We kind of had separate houses, which was the best that they could do to fit us kids in. And I just discovered so many things. And when I started applying the new thoughts and the new affirmations, I am worthy. I am worthy of an amazing life. How things started to change. And I, for myself, I needed to go back on my childhood and my teenage life and do a lot of forgiveness. And I didn't realize that. One thing I didn't realize was that forgiveness, I thought, was always letting that person off the hook. But forgiveness is actually letting yourself off. Like, 
freeing yourself. It's not condoning the behavior of the other people. It's just being able to free yourself to be able to move on to be the best that you can be. Oh, Sharon, you have shared that with us so eloquently. I completely agree with you. And I know that there's been times when, you know, a person feels like, well, maybe the other person doesn't deserve forgiveness, or maybe they haven't apologized or whatever the case may be. But the truth is, is that forgiveness, that release, like you said, it's, it's for yourself and it brings you the inner peace. I wanted to ask you if it's okay with you. And if it's not, please go ahead and say so about the forgiveness piece. Did there need to be some forgiveness for your parents passing away, even though it was completely uncontrollable by them and beyond anything that they could have ever controlled? I think that was my biggest lesson, Victoria. I think that I didn't realize how much anger I had. How could you leave us, a family of five, and choose to... I thought they had chosen, and they might have chosen... But it was, I had such, I needed, that was the very, very first people I needed to forgive was my parents for leaving me. And that was my biggest lesson is sitting down and coming to terms. And, you know, now I realize I had to go through a lot of this stuff to become who I am. And sometimes these really unimaginable tragedies that help in your life, you can finally look at them years later and discover, you know, there was a reason for it. Yeah, my biggest thing was forgiving my parents is so true. Wow, that's really interesting. And you know, when I think about it, and I think about the difficulty that 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 must have been to even to face that anger, because there's that little voice inside of us saying, well, I shouldn't be angry. Yes, anger I I carried. I didn't even realize that I'd carried anger. And it was so, there's a piece that we do in our workshops where you have to get angry. And I remember the very first time I did it, I could not get angry. We had been brought up, we had been brought up when somebody got angry in our house, it was a silent angry. And I know many houses are different. Some there's yelling and screaming, but ours was silent. So what I learned as a small child is, you, you keep it inside. You're silent about it. It took from the very first workshop I took to get the anger out. Believe me, the second one, I finally learned how to release it. And I know with spiritual people or any kind of people sometimes, or just your upbringing, that it's so hard to learn that it is okay to let that anger out. You need to release it to release your body. I can really relate to what you're saying. And I don't know if it is, again, part of our upbringing, part of our culture here in Canada. We're known for saying I'm sorry and for uh, being super accommodating. And to feel that anger and be in that moment and experience it is something that is a really a learned behavior for me as well. So I completely understand what you're saying. Now, when you went through that period of learning to say I am worthy, Before that, I'm assuming the feeling was more like I deserve to be left or I am worthless or I am not important. And and is that true through your growing up years? Well, I think with myself, I was struggling to find love. So I, I would do things. I was never feeling, even if I got the love, I didn't feel I was worthy of it. So my teenage years, the choices I made were not the best choices. That's why I have the passion for teenagers now. I feel that um, a lot of times uh, the young people are just, all they're seeking is love. 
and they might choose to do it in ways that are not acceptable, which I think that if we can get this new way of, I don't know how to explain it, of teaching teenagers or even young, like it starts so young and just having these children be worthy, be worthy of the love. Like a lot of them are feeling um, not worthy already at a really small age. Yes, I think it's very true. And some of those really impactful things that we teach in the adult workshops, you know, can be carried through to younger people as well and to the teenagers. And for example, um, spending that time in front of the mirror. I mean, of course, in a, in a world of computers and cell phones and video games, handing a teenager a mirror and asking them to really connect with the person in front of them, I can see how that could be challenging. And I know you coach with teenagers. So what types of tools do you use to help them embrace their worthiness or, or be willing to consider loving themselves? I love the one thing I do is I put a mirror right beside the table when they come in, if I'm doing a one-on-one and just leave the mirror there. And when you do get to that stage, you ask them to look into it, especially the girls, they're fixing their hair, they're doing something. And then I'll say, you know what, just um, if you could just concentrate on your eyes right now, just look into your eyes. And it takes some, some teenagers Um, a long time to be able to look into their own eyes. Mm -hmm. I know for myself, it took me, the mirror work was, it's, it's, it's such a unique, do you know how to put it into words, Victoria, how the mirror work? Well, for me, it's time stands still. When I finally make that connection in the mirror and I turn, I I stop fussing with my hair and I stop thinking about what I have to do next. But when I actually just stop and look and say, I've got you, time stands still for me. And there's that moment of peace. And I think for teenagers, that is really hard because they're living this high, you know, everything's fast. Get to your appointment, get to this. You've got to be at basketball. And when we do teach them to actually stand still and look into their own eyes. It's just amazing. It is. Now, do you also teach them meditation techniques, those types of things? Yes, we do meditation. I have, um, I use a lot of different um, tools in my work workshops and coaching that um, I found that work with the the group I have right now. And we do a lot of um, angel cards. They love the angel cards and they love, I utilize my oils a lot in the coaching and the workshops. Just I've the, what we've done a lot is we've worked through the, there is a teenage manual, but every, every teenager is different. So we just take the, whatever we're working on and just adapt it to the teenager I have with me. Oh, that is beautiful. You are doing great work and absolutely changing lives. And I too had a troubled teenage uh, years. So I really appreciate when adults like yourself who can relate to these teenagers, who you can sit down with and say, I know how you feel because I felt the same way. I think that's so powerful and so impactful and so needed in this world. So thank you for all of the, everything that you're doing with that. It's beautiful and, and so magnificent. Well, what I've learned a lot is um, when the teacher is ready, the student will come. But when the student is ready, the teacher will come. And that is what I found a lot in life. Like a lot of times they might come for um, 
just the pre-visit and then decide, hmm, this just isn't what I want. But what I'm finding is about a couple of weeks later, they're back. And I think just that little seed planted with somebody of what how life can be different makes such a huge difference. Is I feel like a gardener sometimes that you're just out there sprinkling seeds everywhere of Louise's work and and what a difference it's making now that I can see. Well, and that is a beautiful way to explain it. And when you, there is that expression, you know, that you reap what you sow. And so out there planting all of that love and all of that love being returned into your life, multiplied and into the lives of the people you touch. And for everyone listening, you know, the love that you share with the people in your lives as well, you know, the ripple effect that that has, that is what is going to be what heals the planet is the love. I wanted to move on to talking a little bit about mind-body connection. And uh, I know that you've had some experience with this. And can you tell me how that first showed up in your life when you were aware of it and how you're using it now? Well, the biggest thing for myself is what I had to learn is how to quiet my mind. I'm one of these people that has a very high energy. I go 100 miles an hour. I do put my heart and soul into everything, but learning to finally sit down in meditation. And I know I struggled with it in the beginning. So I took the advice of some very wise people and started to just, I'd sit down in meditation and set a timer for five minutes and finally felt comfortable with that. And now I feel that I don't even need a timer that you finally learn when you finally learn to quiet that mind and just make such a difference in my life anyhow. You know, I completely agree with you. And I think that meditation can look different for so many people. What I have found as a teacher trainer is that people will often say to me, I'm meditating wrong, or I don't do it right, or I can't meditate. And I will tell you that I am not one of those people who sits in a cross-legged position with a very straight back and says, um, that is not how I meditate. And to those people who can, you are amazing, but that is not me. And um, for me, meditation is walking in nature uh, or just, you know, finding a way to silence my mind, perhaps while I'm, I'm doing something else, but silencing my mind. And just knowing that I have that connection with my source, with my higher power, with the universe, and that I can draw on that anytime. And it can be 30 seconds or it can be 30 minutes. So what I want to say to the listeners is you are not meditating wrong. I promise you, just take that time to really quiet your mind because that's where that mind, body, soul connection comes in. And that's where the magic happens. Have you found that, Sharon? Isn't that the truth? And another thing in our world, a lot of young people were raised that meditation was wrong. There's something the matter with it. And I, what I'm teaching my grandchildren is that, um, and people that I run into, and this is that prayer is when you are talking to God or the divine or whatever you call it. And meditation is when the divine or God is talking back to you. And I find that that helps um, explain. I've uh, some of the family in my life are very religious and they didn't like the idea of meditation. I just wanted to finish her thought, which was sometimes with organized religion, there can be uh, some resistance to the word meditation, when in fact, meditation is like a prayer. And and so many more organizations are open to that word now as well, as far as prayer and meditation, and just really connecting and connecting with a power that is greater than ourselves. 
So Sharon, have you found that people that you have come in contact with maybe have some resistance to the word meditation? Oh, yes, very much so. Um, what I'm finding is in part of the culture, whatever it is, there's different um, meditation maybe scares a lot of people, I'm thinking. So the one way I've explained it, um, and it, and it happens in my own family, is meditation is when God is talking to you and prayer is when you are talking to God. And that seems to help um, take the fear out of meditation a little bit. Oh, I love that explanation. And, you know, it's really about connecting with that higher source, with that something greater than ourselves and whatever it is that we do to call it that, you know, let's just live in a society where we let other people have their beliefs and we have ours. And again, the basis of everything is that divine love and sharing love throughout the world. Now, I know we've talked about affirmations, you and I, and how you've used them to change your life. Would you like to share with the listeners just a couple of your favorite affirmations? My very favorite is, I am worthy of an amazing life. Ah, yes, you are. I have posty notes everywhere with that. I feel amazing and energized every day. Wonderful. And so it is. The love I extend returns to me multiplied. Yes. Yes. It's so beautiful. And I, my new one is abundance flows into my life daily. Absolutely. And, you know, we are meant to be abundant in every way, in our health, in our relationships, in our spiritual life, in our financial situation. There is no need for us to be suffering. And I think so often we, we get caught up in that, you know, the, the drama, the stress, letting go of the drama and letting go of the stress. It's a choice. And happiness is a choice and abundance is a choice. And I'm just so proud to know you and to have you share with our listeners everything that's been working for you in your life and the healing that has occurred. You know, again, I love when people share their stories of overcoming adversity because I feel like the listeners really do connect and say, hey, you know, I know how that feels. That happened to me, me too. And it is totally okay to overcome it. And other people have, and I can too. While we end the podcast, uh, do you have one self-care tip that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, I want to thank you first, Victoria. You have been such a blessing in my life. It was such divine timing, and I thank you so much. And I also thank that I have um, found Heal Your Life in my own life, and I love being able to share it. Um, the self-help tip that I would recommend the most is to love yourself as women especially we go out in this world and we're taking care of everybody else but until we learn to truly take care of ourselves that is my biggest self-care lesson that is the ultimate self-care tip <laughs> love yourself love yeah. yourself first you know it reminds me of when you're on the airplane and and they do the safety yeah. demonstration right you know to put your own mask on before you help someone else and love yourself first before you teach yeah. others to love themselves Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm just going to share a treatment from You Can Heal Your Life. This one's from the end of chapter three. Uh, if it is safe to do so wherever you are, please close your eyes and take a nice deep breath and relax and settle into these words. If you are driving or perhaps at work or maybe even on the treadmill, probably don't close your eyes. Let's just carry on anyways and just listen to the words. So here we go. In the infinity of life where I am, all is perfect, whole, and complete. The past has no power over me because I am willing to learn and to change. I see the past as necessary to bring me to where I am today. 
I am willing to begin where I am right now to clean the rooms of my mental house. I know it does not matter where I start, so I now begin with the smallest and easiest rooms, and in that way, I will see results quickly. I am thrilled to be in the middle of this adventure, for I know I will never go through this particular experience again. I am willing to set myself free. All is well in my world. And so it is. Thank you, Sharon, for being on the show. It is again, www.SharonNoulette.com, S-H-A-R-O-N-N-O-U-L-L-E-T-T.com. Or you can visit my website, victoriajohnson.org, or for Heal Your Life Training, thetraining.ca. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We hope that you learn tips to help you heal your life even more. For more information on Heal Your Life Workshop teacher and coach training, please visit thetraining.ca. For more information on me, your host, Victoria Johnson, please visit victoriajohnson.org. And please order my book on Amazon. Do that and then some. Transform feelings of less than to more than enough. Thanks for joining us.